What up, guys? You are listening to I Will Cut You With Words. This is episode two. Woohoo! Today, we're talking about a special place in my heart restaurants. Don't know what a restaurant is? Then you should definitely be listening. So let's get started. Hey everyone, Corinne Simone here, your host of the I Will Cut You With Words podcast. How exciting is this? We are at podcast episode two. I have gotten some great feedback from a few people. So let's just say haters, take a seat because this shit is still happening. Forewarning, this episode just might seem longer than any others because it's one I have a lot of thoughts and insight on. This show is mainly about being a server at a restaurant and maybe I'll give y'all a few tidbits about strippers and sugar daddies, but those are topics I kind of want to say for when y'all know me a wee bit better. Oh yeah, I decided to talk about this topic One, because when I tell people I used to work at a restaurant, I get a lot of inquiries or I can just see the judgment all over their faces. And it's not because I have small boobs, okay? And two, it is International Women's Day. So yeah, that's why I'm making this podcast about restaurants. It's time to shine a light on it, guys. But truly, I really don't think a lot of people know that much about the restaurant lifestyle and struggles these girls slash women have. The typical stigma is that every girl is a stripper slash hoe. They have no goals or, you know, lives outside of that restaurant. They date only old men or they're all just college dropouts or, you know, high school dropouts. Well, I am here to give you the inside scoop so you can judge with some knowledge or, hey, you may want to go to a restaurant after this and see if I'm right because the food is actually really great and they have alcohol, y'all. Like, who doesn't like alcohol? I know y'all are saying, Corinne, please fucking tell us what a restaurant is. Okay, geez. First off, the word is clearly based off breast and restaurants. So that's how we get restaurants, aka Hooters, Twin Peaks, Ojos Locos, Redneck Heaven, just to name a few. Now, I haven't worked at all of them, but best believe I know bitches that have and our stories aren't much different. Another thing, you may not have done any of these things that I'm about to say next, or you may not give a fuck about this topic at all. But guess what? This isn't your podcast. It's mine's and my experience. So just sit back, relax, and listen. Man, with an intro like that, where to begin? Let's see. Once upon a time, there was an 18-year-old Corinne who wanted to make money and didn't want to have to fold clothes at JCPenney or work in retail anymore. She had a big sister who had giant titties and was making bank at this new restaurant called Twin Peaks. So little Corinne quit all her jobs and went to interview at this magical money-making place. Ooh, you know what? That's actually a great place to start. So this interview is not like any other interview you will ever have to do. Now, side note, this may not be the interview process 
anymore, but it was mine's, so shut the fuck up and listen. This interview begins with them handing you the uniform, which consists of a tiny handkerchief-type top and some beige shorts, and they tell you to go change in the bathroom. And we're going to take pictures of you to send to corporate. Um, all my life alarms were going off. Like, no, little Corinne, this isn't what we do. But yeah, no, I took the clothes and went and changed. I remember I was so freaking ashy, y'all, because I was wearing jeans and a jacket and I was not ready for this amount of skin showing on my first interview, especially I don't know what I expected at a restaurant, but I wasn't expecting that. I was so nervous that my ashy legs wouldn't get me hired. I smeared hand soap all over my body, hoping it would mask the ash. If anything, I looked like I dived in a tube of lube. But whatever, sex sells. I walked out in the middle of the restaurant. The manager looked me up and down and eerily just said, yep, you're hired, and snapped the pictures. To this day, I really don't know if they were ever sent to corporate or if he just kept them in his like personal spank bank. But A, I had a job. Let me start this by saying, being a server fucking sucks unless you can show your boobs. Now, I know, I know some of y'all are going to be like, what? No, I have made tons of money with all my clothes on. I'm sure. But, you know, you could have been making a whole hell of a lot more if you had tits and they were out. Trust me, I worked at Texas Roadhouse and no number of buttered rolls can make up for those cheap fucks and crap tips. And those rolls are life. Back to restaurants. The gist of the job is to wear a teeny weeny pair of shorts or in some of the newer places, just panties and a bra. Camel toe is highly present and a slight bend over gives any onlooker a booty cheek preview. This is paired with a top that with the right type of push-up bra and any other remnants you can stuff in there. I added cutlets personally. This all gives the appearance of a solid D-cup. Trust me, nobody's titties were real, or if they were, they usually either had a baby or got their boobs done. Trust me. Back to the story. You are encouraged to sit at your tables and flirt like a madwoman while upselling the shit out of everything and acting like you truly enjoy everything coming out of your table's mouths. Now, during training, they do instill core values and a serving method criteria they want you to use. And it does work, but some of it really, you know, it's just crap and phrases I wasn't going to use or methods that I just was like, no. And I only used it unless a manager was watching. Your trainer trains you for at least four shifts and then you're released to make your own money. Now, this is when shit got fun for me. It's like my inner hoe was finally let out of her cage and the money was the bait. Some background. At this time in my life, I was a full-time college student. I went to school during the day and worked at night. And I had a whole long-distance relationship. He lived in Austin. Mind you, I really didn't need to work, but I wanted extra money to live my lavish, bougie lifestyle and stunt on Dallas bitches. My goals weren't that big or long-term back then, obviously. When I tell y'all the restaurant serving game was one that me and my best friend at the time dominated, I am not kidding. I'm going to share some of my serving strategies with you. 
First and foremost, the key was knowing your tables. You usually had about one minute to figure out your table from how long they plan on sitting, if they were drinking water or alcohol, if they were big tippers or little tippers, creepy fucks or innocent husbands, and last but not least, potential regulars. All of these things factored into how I was going to serve you. If you were to be sitting there for like hours, let's say on a UFC night, I had to draw out the conversation so I didn't use all my big ticket topics at one time. If they were drinking liquor or beer, they were typically more fun and laid back than water drinkers. Big tipper or little tipper, now this one could go either way, and I usually based it off clothes, hair, and if you were a guy, their watch. And creepy fucks versus innocent husband, well, that should be an easy one to figure out. Creepy fucks made you really work for your tip, while innocent husbands are easy to get with the struggling college student story. Side note, I was never struggling. Y'all, when I say I was a pro flirt by the end of my time at The Restaurant Life, I was a freaking pro. I knew how exactly when to turn on my southern accent for the construction workers or the blue collar folks and when to be a complete knowledgeable 4.0 college bitch for the prim and proper white guys. Black guys were nothing. That's my bread and butter. I'm a cute cocoa chocolate fun size package of fun. Considering I was head trainer after working there for about two years, which I think that's impressive, so whatever. I took it upon myself to teach the new little babies, aka the new girls, tips and tricks to finesse a few more dollars for themselves. Like, how to leave your table each time laughing with a planned joke or a witty comment, writing hearts and notes on the receipts saying, come back and see me, how to place yourself in the middle of each table to make sure you could touch at least one guy every time, Stepping up and leaning over the table so your other table could see your booty cheeks. Even writing symbols on the coaster so you could remember each person's drink without having to ask them so they feel special and remembered. You know what? Now that I say these out loud, it kind of sounds like baby prostitution. (laughs) Please hear me when I say this. And I used to preach the hell out of this to all the newbies. And because, hey, you know what? It's International Women's Day. I will let you all know my key phrase too. It went a little something like this. Don't let any table and no man make you feel dumb, one, or done. I encouraged each and every girl to make sure their table knew who's boss and develop their own style of flirting. Personally, mine's was aggressive but cute. Like, let's be real. Every white guy secretly wants a little black girl to dominatrix his life Shit, every guy honestly wants that. I would walk up to my tables on, let's say, a Friday night, not a Tuesday lunch, don't get crazy, and be like this. What up, fuckers? Welcome to Twin Peaks. What are we drinking tonight? No water allowed, okay? That's for pussies. I would slide into the booth and wait for their answers. They would look at me like, oh my god, what is happening And then I would just giggle and say, (laughs) got ya. I'm just kidding, guys. What can I get you? My name's Karen, and I am here to serve you. See what I mean? It's intriguing but scary in a sexy, enticing way. Now, not every girl can pull this off. That's where knowing your tables comes into play. What did I tell y'all? I was a pro. 
There are for sure downsides to every job, and some might say working for a restaurant is the downside. But you've probably never made $900 in one shift, so suck it. One downside definitely being the fucking dress-ups in lingerie. These typically happened every two months, varying from Santa slutty dress-up, Valentine's Day dress-up, swimsuit dress-up, etc., When I say there are not enough words to explain how awful being in full Victoria's Secret lingerie with bunny ears on one's head on Easter while waiting on a full family of five coming in after church services, it's there. there's just not enough words. Why the fuck are you here? Of all places, God told you to come into a restaurant Having a two-year-old practically able to breastfeed from your tit every time you lean over the table is absolutely the worst possible situation. And they specifically make the low-top tables at ass level. So whenever you walk away in your short panties, all your booty cheeks are out for those to witness, including those moms that you're waiting on. Like, Nothing is worse than it being Christmas Eve and being called a naughty girl all day. But don't get me wrong. Even though these were the worst weeks, they were also the best weeks for dress-ups. If you wanted to bank like no other, this was your time to work and rake it in. On any given Thursday, Friday, and Saturday during those dress-ups, You could easily make $1,000 if you worked a double and really worked the hell out of your regulars. We will go deeper into this when we talk sugar daddies on a near future podcast, but tell me that isn't exciting. I work all day flirting, drop off food, no busing tables, and get to sit down and rest. Yes, I have barely any clothes on, and yes, I might be bloated and want to cut someone, and Yes, some of these guys are degrading, but you make motherfucking bank and fast. Makes being a stripper seem real realistic and doable now, doesn't it? But speaking of strippers, some people may not know this, but I worked at the very first Twin Peaks in Louisville, Texas. And some of the very first girls that worked there were recruited from strip clubs. Hmm, might explain the similar tactics to getting that tip. Pun intended. Now, some of y'all have probably tried to be mathematicians and figure out how the hell a server makes $1,000 in one day. That goes back to regulars, and it can also be bunched into the downsides area slash upsides area. Some of these dudes would sit at your tables all freaking day. And I am not exaggerating, y'all. I'm talking like seven hours straight. Don't get me wrong, some of these guys were some of the sweetest people in the world, and some would even bring you candy, food, and sometimes cupcakes. Hmm. You know, that also sounds a tad fucked up now that I think about it. Ew, what if they had jizz in them? Oh, that's fucking gross. Ew. Okay, I'm gross. But yes, (laughs) these regulars were there for the long haul. You had two types of regulars. Those who would sit all fucking day and only tip $20 or less. And then you had the regulars that would sit all day, not being creepy at all, and give you $100. 
Obviously, I had a specific type I like to serve, but you know, my ass always attracted the former. You also had those awesome regulars that would come in a lot, but would bring you stuff like clothes or tip you in weed. I loved those. Now, since you all know, I am all about blatant honesty. Let's not act like the men were the only undesired tables. You women out there could be really the fucking worst. First and foremost, you all need to realize ain't nobody trying to steal your man. Well, at least not me. I can't speak for everyone, but I really wasn't. It's not like I told your boyfriend to bring you here or said, yes, I want to put my tits in front of y'all's face. No, but you sure would have thought we did. The women at these damn tables would roll their eyes at you or dismiss you and just be plain rude. It's not necessary, ladies. We don't want to serve you either half the time. We are all just trying to make a dollar and live the bad and bougie life. Now, regulars, women, and random tables weren't the only ones that could be creepy. Imagine a place full of scantily dressed women that are just trying to make it in life. What kind of managers do you think this attracts? Bitch, you guessed it. Egotistical, unloved in college, creepy, pervy-ass managers. Not all, but most of these managers were the absolute worst. Let's see. We had one who was a coke addict and loved to get in random verbal arguments with everyone, but was your best friend when he was normal. We had Drew, who fucked a few of the girls, but was actually, like, really nice. Pam, a lady manager who was an evil twat that wanted to rule the human race. Sadly, most of the lady managers died out because it's not an easy job and we were mean and manipulative. There was one tall, skinny-legged manager who just really didn't need to be there and cried all the time. Ooh, and then you had Javier, who would boost your grade if you did sex favors or ran errands for him. Yeah, like, what the fuck, right? This is actually a perfect transition for a point that I almost forgot. The grading system. dun da 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 The grading system was a way to keep the servers in check and make sure they kept showing up pretty and skinny without saying you have to be pretty and skinny. You were graded against the other girls and your grade decided what section you would pick and when you got to go home that night. If I can remember right, you were graded on your makeup, whether or not it looked good or not, including eyelashes, eyeshadow, lipstick, etc. Your hair, the closer to God, the better. Your fitness and let's see, your outfit, if it was clean and tidy, if you were wearing jewelry and like, I mean, a lot of jewelry, not just like ear, earring studs or whatever they're called, but like full on gaudy necklaces, earrings, the full thing. And you were also graded on if you were late. Feeling a little less judgy now, aren't we? Nobody wants to wear full makeup at 10 a.m., to 2 a.m. or wear an uncomfortable push-up bra. But hey, you do all that so you didn't have the worst section and have to stay until 2 a.m. each night. I won't even get started on the grading system or requirements if you got pregnant while working at a restaurant. I won't even go there. But I digress. Y'all are like, why the fuck would anyone go through that? Well, the answer is exactly what I told y'all earlier. The motherfucking money. Who else, 
other than a stripper can pay their rent in two days without a college education. Bingo. Whether you are a high-powered CEO or someone working at McDonald's, it is typically about the money. Let's be real now. I think this is a good wrap-up point, and hopefully y'all took some good shit away from this and stuck with me through my long, educated rant. If you take anything away from this, I hope it's to be less judgmental and accepting of your fellow hard workers. And happy International Women's Day. We are all in this together, ladies. Let's try to remember this and support one another, men and big-tittied women. Make sure to come back for the next podcast of I Will Cut You With Words, produced every week for your enjoyment. The best way to do that is by subscribing on iTunes or adding me to your favorites on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Have a topic you'd like to hear? Let me know at www.iwillcutyouwithwords.com. Yeah, I know. It's still fucking long. It's not changing anytime soon. You know what? And actually, don't just subscribe. Rate and review me. It really is going to help me, guys. You know, we got to support each other. And, you know, you should just do it because it's International Women's Day and I said so. So on that note, go download, listen, and subscribe, and rate. Ta-ta, putas. Talk soon. Watching, but you can't stop. Top down on the freeway. Feeling good.